Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce our host of this week's Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome to another episode of Business Talk. Uh, we have a terrific show for you today. We'll get to it shortly, but first, uh, this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF Equal Housing Lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back, and as promised, we have a good show for you today, Uh, a critical show, I think. Uh, We're going to talk about the subject of mental health, Uh, and we're talking with uh, Dr. Nagar Behesti. She is the Chief Medical Officer for Miravista Behavioral Health Center in Olyoke and its sister hospital, Terravista Behavioral Health Centers in Danvers. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, We're going to talk about... uh, what is being called the mental health crisis in in America today. And some people would argue that uh, there has long been a mental health crisis in this country. The pandemic only amplified it and it brought more attention to it. Um, Is that your take on this as well? Yes, absolutely. You know, I've um, been a physician and practicing since uh, out of my fellowship since 2008 from Children's Boston. And I have to say in this state um, specifically, and I'm involved in national um, committees as well, and throughout the United States, not specific to Massachusetts, you know, we have been dealing with um, significant amounts of mental health. It seems like more and more issues throughout um, the years uh, since my uh, um, uh, fellowship days um, at Children's. Um, The pandemic definitely has brought it um, more to the surface um, and, you know, has to some extent, been instrumental to have it be more recognized um, nationally at, at the crisis that we're having. Talk about the ways that the pandemic brought more mental duress to yeah. a large segment of the population. I mean, I'm sure most people can can think of the ways it did, but but they don't have the word doctor in front of their name. So <laughs> you're, you're more qualified than they are. I appreciate it. Yes, and, and I do appreciate this platform, this opportunity to be able to speak about this. Um, so, so yes, I mean, when the pandemic hit, obviously all services, in-person services shut down, um, which meant that a significant portion of folks needing mental health face-to-face in-person um, services, those folks unfortunately were not able to get that. Now, of course, um, the, the, the silver lining is that the telehealth part of telemedicine or telepsychiatry um, did end up becoming more robust to fill that void. However, for those folks who really, really needed that in-person visit, that part of it dropped off and it contributed to more um, illness, um, anywhere from depression to bipolar. Um, and I myself is um, also a child trained, a child analysis and trained psychiatrist, um, significant impact on children's mental health because a lot of kids do need that in person. So um, it, it really brought to the surface the, the crisis for these kids to need help, the adults to need help. Um, inpatient services did not stop, obviously, um, throughout the pandemic, it seemed like the world stopped and I kept going to work every day and um, really saw a lot sicker 
adults, kids, um, and more, and more acute crisis than I had been used to previous years. Hmm. Uh, people are talking about the pandemic as if it's in the past tense, not everyone, but most people uh, are being told from everybody from the president on down that, that the pandemic is over. But certainly the, the mental health problems created by the pandemic and amplified the pandemic are not. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I guess you would call us almost at the post-pandemic era. Um, unfortunately, the pandemic did wreak havoc in the context of continuation of services across um, different levels of care for patients. So, you know, not only did we end up having a work shortage. So, for example, when I started working at Terra Vista, I actually started right in the height of the pandemic in April of 2020. And, you know, I was um, thinking of going to a hospital with full of physicians <laughs> um, and nurses, and, you know, there was a shortage. So we had a lot of travelers. So that not only impacted our acute inpatient level, but it trickled down to outpatient services as well. So that continuum of care really got disrupted. And we're still recovering from that. I can tell you the folks that we try to discharge from our hospital today um, are at significant um, loss, I guess, and they being able to continue care as robustly as they did throughout the pandemic, meaning outpatient therapy, outpatient programming, um, including, you know, intensive um, outpatient care, um, group therapy, all of those things have been impacted. So it really makes it harder for patients to continue their recovery after hospitalization. Hmm. Talk about access to care and how the pandemic has brought uh, that problem to light even more than it was before. We obviously have issues when it comes to access and, and the number of beds that we need in this state and people just being able to access the services if and when they need it. Talk about how the pandemic might actually be helping in this regard to bring more attention to that problem and get people in Boston and Washington to actually address the issue. Yeah, yes, thank you for that question. Uh, yes, again, because of the shortage of um, workers, shortage of services and trying to get services back up to, you know, where they were pre-pandemic and maybe better, um, you know, um, th there has gotten a lot of uh, attention, as you said, nationally and uh, statewide. So there are now more grants um, and process to, um, for example, help um uh, mental health workers and specifically psychiatrists, social worker, any any um, field that is in the mental health service, um, uh, uh, programs like loan forgiveness for those workers so that they can actually go and practice in um, communities that are deprived of care. And there have been communities deprived of care previous to pandemic, but worse so now. Um, so um, the other thing that has come good is, as I mentioned before, is uh, the telehealth. Telehealth has been robust and has provided an instrument to cover gaps in service. Although, again, it doesn't <clears throat> replace the in-person services that are vital for some from some you know, specific patients, um, including children and folks who really need that, um, you know, inhuman, so to speak, in-person uh, uh, care versus the telehealth. So there have been more grants, there have been more um, um, lobbyists, there have been more um, activity in the context of making mental health less stigmatized and also providing more funding for care, but it's slow, um, but at least it's coming, hopefully. 
Okay. You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Uh, today, we're talking with Dr. Nagar Beheshti. She is the uh, Chief Medical Officer at Maravista Behavioral Health Center in Holyoke and its sister hospital, Terravista Behavioral Health Centers in Danvers. We're talking about the ongoing mental health crisis in this country and how the pandemic uh, has amplified it and brought more attention to it. Uh, let's kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about mental health in general. Uh, people seem to be, maybe the, the current generations especially, better at taking care of their physical health than maybe generations before that. Uh, they know about the importance of, of diet and exercise and taking care of their physical health. How can people take better care of their mental health in general? Yes, very good question. Um, yeah, so you know, one of the things I always tell my trainees and my patients is that, you know, without mental health, you're going to it's going to be very hard to keep up with physical health. And we all go to, so us psychiatrists, we go to medical school like any other field in medicine to learn about how the brain operates. Uh, the brain is one of the most underappreciated organs in our body, and it really runs our entire system. So um, how do you take care of your brain and your mental health? Um, short of having any robust um, mental health um, disorders like depression, um, um, bipolar, schizophrenia, any of those ranges, um, including those ranges, you really need to make sure to first um, get sleep. <laughs> sleep is a huge, huge component of our body being able to recoup, regenerate, and um, start the day fresh. Um, healthy eating, just like um, it's well, it's good for our physical um, self, it's also good for our brain. Um, also having some downtime, any meditation, any time for yourself um, with friends and family. And then just like your physical health, really to check um, how you're doing mentally, meaning that if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, make sure you talk to someone. There are um, hotlines that you could reach if you're feeling more acutely suicidal, um, if you're feeling that you can't take care of yourself. So just like your physical health, if your mental health is going downhill, you really need to address it and to get a doctor's appointment. You know, you can even start from a general practitioner. Um, a lot of them, a lot of folks can get the help they need from their family physicians or internal medicine um, general practitioners. But those folks can also also um, refer you to further subspecialty treatment as needed. All right. You mentioned asking for help. There is still a stigma attached to mental health in this country, um, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's no stigma attached to diabetes and, and to many other physical illnesses, but a lot of people still have problems asking for help when it comes to that mental health. How do we crash through that brick wall and get people to get the help that they need? Right, right. Um, I actually um, appreciate you bring diabetes because that's a <clears throat> that's a sample or a analogy that I always bring to my patients. Um, <clears throat> because for diabetes, <clears throat> you don't know who's diabetic and who's not walking down the down the street. Uh, mental health is the same way. <clears throat> Just because you are depressed or have any other um, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, any of the other disorders, it doesn't mean that you are less than or different than other folks. Um, and I do think there's a lot of activity out there um, trying to get folks to not feel as stigmatized. 
Um, I was actually listening to NPR the other day where a lot of um, companies are now recognizing mental health um, and also recognizing that folks need days off for mental health. So I think as the word gets out and as more and more companies um, do appreciate that mental health is part of physical health, as part of um, the vitality of the employees that um, they hire um, or, or in, in any other environmental situation, I think things will improve um, compared to 10 years ago. I think we've come a long way in recognizing that, but I do think there's a long ways to go. Um, I know schools, for example, for children have also come a long way. Um, they have been more um, able to listen to kids who are feeling like they need more mental health help um, and have created programs within the schools to help. Again, not where it needs to be, but it's definitely come a long way in the last 10 years and hopefully it will continue that in, in that trajectory. Okay, talk a little bit more about, about children and the, the toll that the, the pandemic took on them and, and their mental health and, and how we're addressing those issues now. Yeah, so it's tricky because kids do need that in-person, um, you know, um, visits a lot of the times. Um, so when the pandemic hit, not only did they lose the ability to socialize with peers uh, for about a good year and a half, uh, but they also um, lost that human touch, that that care that is needed for their ongoing mental health treatment if they are in need of mental health. Um, so. You know, um, we do see in our, I have both of our hospitals, a lot more kids with um, acuity in the context of dysregulated behavior and the context of significant and severe anxiety and depression. Um, Unfortunately, um, substance use disorders have also increased in kids as well. Um, um, During the pandemic, unfortunately, I think there was, uh, um, you know, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because they, um, they don't have the peers to work uh, to to be with, right? But they also need some help. So potentially, um, now that they're back in school, they don't know how to regulate themselves. And so, you know, this temptation to use substances can also has also um, been impacted in that context. Um, so um, there is there 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 is a lot of um, unfortunate impact on kids in the context of not getting what they need from a socialization standpoint for the last year, and also that personal touch, a personal treatment they need. We are catching up, um, but we still need to work faster to catch up to help these folks. Okay, one, one more. I, I hesitate to use the word silver lining with, with any of this discussion, but do you think it might apply uh, in the way that the pandemic has really brought this issue out into the forefront and and brought progress on a number of fronts, everything from awareness to access? Yeah, you know, um, and I appreciate the caution to use the silver lining, but I I do, I do tend to agree with that. And that um, the unfortunate thing is the pandemic brought what was already a crisis into more of an urgent crisis. Um, So, and unfortunately, at times, I think that it takes this jolt of increased crisis in a specific area in physical or mental health for people to really listen and to really pay attention that, hey, we got to do something now, because if we don't, our kids and our, our kids are our future, right? They're, they're not going to do as well. Our workforce is not going to do as well. So I guess if there is a silver lining, yes, I think this 
crisis into more urgent crisis has woken folks up um, across the country to be able to do something more actively and, and more quickly in terms of funding and really helping folks um, get into these professions uh, in the context of social work, psychiatrists, um, psychologists, to really be able to help our people um, with mental health, just like we do for diabetes, just like we do for cancer. It is no different. Okay. Actually, I did have one more, and I ask a lot of uh, healthcare professionals this question when talking about the pandemic. What has it been like for you personally and professionally to uh, kind of weave your way through this crisis? Uh, how have you grown professionally and, and what has it been like to just have to, to dial it up to this extent uh, and, and help more people? Yeah, as I said, um, when the pandemic hit, I, I remember this day clearly when the, the switch was turned on, so to speak, with or I should say off, with people staying at home and not going to work. I One day I was driving in um, to work with traffic, and then the next day it was like a ghost town. <laughs> and I continued going, you know, to work every single day of every single day of the pandemic, you know. Um, and I have to say, again, what's really been humbling is the people that have decided to stay um, the collaboration and the collegiality of folks that really are wanting to take care of folks who suffer from mental health. That part of it has really been humbling and, and really awesome to see, actually. Um, what has been um, difficult to see is that the folks are sicker and they need more help. Um, and it's really been challenging to get them the help they need to continue their recovery. Again, I think there's it's better this year compared to last year, but it needs a lot more work. And so it really has fueled more fire um, in me um, to really do a lot more advocacy um, from a state level within our hospitals to national level. As I said, I sit, um, I work, um, I sit in the National Committee for um, uh, Child and Adolescent Psychiatric um, National Association, um, specifically for collaborative care um, and grain psychiatry into internal medicine, a primary care field. So it really has fostered and continued to fuel my um, passion to um, advocate for folks who are suffering from mental health and to really get professionals to come um, um, to the forefront and continue to help our, um, our people and, and our kids and our nation suffering um, from mental health disorders. Okay, good to hear. Well, you certainly do have a lot of passion. So thank you for coming on the show today. We'll have to have you back on down the road and see if we've been able to make even more progress on these fronts. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you again. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And thank you to all of you for listening. This has been Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.